Dabas ya nyungela Pago kufuchane pambindi Mkalegu benyama Kapambigo kukanya
today to uh, celebrate Autism Month since April is Autism Awareness Month. We have the lovely Elsie Hanyane who's going to be telling us a little bit more about autism and her journey with it and her son Loazi. Hey Elsie. Hi Nkosi, how are you? Can I'm I call you that or am I supposed to call you B? I'm <laughs> no, just like, Ooh. Me, <laughs> <laughs> no, Nkosi is fine. Okay, okay, okay. How are you? How are you doing? Good, we're good. Uh, enjoying a long weekend on this side of the world. So it's, yeah. great. it's always great to have a Monday where we don't have to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't complain. <laughs> okay, so... We're here to talk about autism today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, can you maybe just tell us just a short description of what autism is? Okay, so I'm just going to give you the layman's term, <laughs> terminology. I'm not a medical prof- professional, although I do think that autism is probably got its own DSM-5 diagnosis. That's not what I'm going to tell you. I'm just going to say autism is diagnosed as a neurological condition. It is Mm. on a spectrum um, of, I think, extremely mild to extremely severe. And there's all these other diagnosis in between um mm. and it's a, a beha- it's um i would i don't want to call it a disease i would say it's a condition, condition that affects behavior mainly i mean that is how it mainly shows up and mm. so that is how it's used like that's how it's diagnosed but under the surface there's also a lot of other things that affect that behavior like mm. um how your body kind of gets rid of waste, how your digestive system works, how you interact with your environment in terms of your seven senses. I always thought we had five. Things Mm. like that. So basically that would be a layman's parent's terminology in terms of defining autism. Yeah. No, you really really defined it in a way that paints a picture. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Loazi so that we get to know you guys? Yeah, Loazi and I are just an ordinary mom and an ordinary son. <laughs> um, I am yeah, 35 years old. I had Loazi when I was 25, so he's 10 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I work a normal job. I'm in IT. I'm a scrum master. I, yeah. That's me, my everyday. <laughs> First of all, I think I'm a mother to Loazi. Loazi, as I said, is 10 years old. He was diagnosed as being on the autistic spectrum at three and a half. So autism has been a reality for us, I think, formally for about six and a half years. Um, he, yeah, he's very energetic. He's got mm. big, beautiful eyes. He sings like an angel. <laughs> and he's very tall. He's growing. His, I'm, I'm, I, I'm 1.64 cm meters and he yeah. is like he's at my shoulder so he's Ooh, quite tall. Yeah. wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what may what made you start to suspect that your son might be on the autism spectrum or have something else going on at that time so actually i didn't actually at all suspect that Lazi was on the autistic spectrum um mm. because he didn't show any real signs of developmental delays um at all his clinic visits he was at or up ahead of his milestones except yeah. one which was pointing so he didn't point at all that only the, that's the only thing but he spoke 
um, I just didn't realize that he wasn't speaking socially. He spoke in full sentences, but only because he wanted things, not like to socialize or share experiences yeah. and pointing. So those were the only two red flags. But at that point, everything else was going quite well. Only when he started play school or what we call crash aside, he mm. went to an educate and then the teachers alerted me that he was very different. He... Um, very isolated and very much to himself the sounds the sights and everything caused him a lot of anxiety um, and they thought that he there was something different about him and i need to get it checked out so initially i was just like well he's a slow adopter so give him some time and also he had been through some trauma and so i was like just let him be for a bit let's see if he doesn't adjust and then if he doesn't adjust then i'll have him looked at so six months later he was still really struggling in class and everything um Mm. and that's when uh i went to an educational psychologist okay so the educational psychologist kind of did a test i should have probably looked up the name of the test (laughs) and she she really struggled to actually um like kind of get him to engage so she went to observe him at school and then she came back and she was like yeah i definitely think we either sitting with a very strong adhd or autism then she referred us to a new pediatric neurologist Mm. Uh, who then confirmed the diagnosis of autism. So that's really how (laughs) autism (laughs) began to exist in my world. But I really didn't at any point before that even suspect. So it really came as kind of a a huge shock to me. Uh, It was huge. It was was a huge shock, yeah. I I can imagine. Because before being told that diagnosis, you felt like everything was okay. Like you were relating with your son, your son, everything was okay. Yeah, well, look, there were some things that were different about him, but he was my first child. And so Mm. I didn't really have a reference point. And I was the first in my kind of friendship group to also have a child. So I didn't really have a comparison point either. Um, So, yeah, like he would, he now looking back, I see that he had sensory issues, but nothing really to make me think something was wrong. Something is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that the trained professionals have done for Loazi to help him get to this point where he is now? Because I, I think after six and a half years, you're now the experts of this. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I'd say I know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it's actually been a combination of, uh, like, yeah, I definitely think specialists have a place. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the journey of, of, of autism and they provide a lot of inva- invaluable advice, like really great advice and viewpoints. But I think definitely my greatest resource has been other parents. I think my okay. greatest breakthroughs with Loazi have not necessarily come from recommendations from per se the educational psychologist or the neurologist, mm. but really understanding uh, other parents' journeys and yeah. how they got breakthroughs with their children. Um, that's actually, uh, to be honest, has been my biggest source of, of, of him getting what we call in this neurodiverse world is gains gains Mm, um speech gains social gains academic gains um yeah so that autistic adults also so i'm on a group um 
called Ask Me I'm Autistic and mm. it's a lot of autistic adults who help me understand my son. Speech is still an issue for us so often he'll do things and I'm not quite sure what he's trying to communicate because autistic people communicate they just don't always use speech okay. and I can't always understand what he's saying and they because they have a lot of them have very developed speech they're able to like point to different things that my son could be trying to communicate to me and so they've also been like an amazing source of breakthrough and of course my son himself so like mm. kind of now understanding what he's trying to communicate what he's saying or not saying and then as, as i said yes professionals definitely professionals quote mm. unquote, definitely play their part but more as a reference point i think my my biggest thing is is actually when i because i know my child now i feel that my work with professionals is a lot more um yeah we partner together instead of yeah and it's become like yeah, a lot more effective so there's a lot of things that was i could say uh, has gained so uh, unfortunately what happened with him is once he actually got diagnosed he started to lose a lot of skill so it's not okay. that his skill just stopped like at three and a half he started mm. to regress so he lost some speech he lost his pincer grip which is how you hold a pencil he already had mm. one at three and a half um a lot of social interaction so he, he used to make eye contact to be very excited when he saw me he tried to greet me he lost a lot like he lost a lot of that and there were also some mm. health issues so initially it was really about just trying to get him back to where he was so he you're was working before. with like a, a yeah a five or a six year old to try to get them back to being a three and a half year old which is very challenging yeah. and then from there building skill but more at his speed which i think has also been like um yeah it's been a it's been different for me i've had to learn that i'm not in a race and he has his yeah. own speed so now he speaks i mean uh, when i come into the house he'll say hello how are you which is mm. great because i didn't think <laughs> i'd ever hear that again ever yeah um he does when i'm leaving he will like seek to be acknowledged he has started making friends which is very huge for us initiating yeah. play with other kids um the newest thing is recognizing words which is super exciting because i didn't know like that yeah a lot of mm. at diagnosis uh, time we were i was told that he wasn't really gonna get have any scholastic skills or the chances of him having scholastic skills would be very low so i'm very like excited like last week he recognized his first forward so very excited about that we're yeah. still working on writing but he recognizes letters which is great he can count his gross motor skills are amazing we're still working on his fine motor skills yeah he uh, picks up on social cues he laughs when things are funny which is a uh, really amazing skill <laughs> yeah. because more, like I've yeah I've heard a lot of autistic people say they struggle with that so yeah he's he is slowly picking up those skills and his health issues are now yeah they've really like yeah they're almost a thing of the past mm. so yeah yeah a lot has happened and he's really grown exciting times yeah <laughs> and in your experience what's the one biggest misunderstanding or misconception that people have about um, autistic kids or kids with special needs and how can we educate people to conception so definitely i think that um people think that once you've met one autistic person you've met all autistic people mm-hmm. but 
autism is really a spectrum and it shows up differently in everybody yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing to really be open-minded. I sometimes feel, and this is quite controversial to say, like it's some. I feel like it's sometimes used as an umbrella term for a whole lot of behaviors. Yeah, yeah. And they're very different. Like literally, um, I would like meet. I know a few parents at my son's former school, and how their kids behave is so different from how my son behaves. There mm. are similarities, like stimming, which is something that autistic people do calm themselves down and again different people do different things so some flap their hands my son hardly flaps his hands but yeah. he will do other things with his fingers to stim and so besides stimming like you they would be completely show completely different neurodiverse behavior so for me it's just a challenge for people to remember that one autistic, mm. when you've met one autistic person you've literally just met one autistic person not to um, generalize and, yeah yes and to actually be really open-minded another thing is as i said people really assume incompetence with autistic people yeah. and i've heard it a lot in the adult community like this cry to just please assume competence there's actually a lot that autistic people can do but yeah. they you just it's kind of being open to it and maybe it takes them a bit longer to do or you that you have to show them a different way but a lot of them can do and a lot of them actually want to communicate but they just don't always use speech so that's yeah. also another thing being open to a person's way of communicating or relaying information to you mm. yeah like not to always if if they can't express themselves in speech at least to look out for body language and other yes mm. I mean, we already know that. I don't know what do they say. Like sixty or eighty percent of what people say is in their body language. Yeah. The same is for autistic people. Like just that, maybe you won't have that twenty percent that will like actually translate translate it for you. But yeah. if you think of them as just human beings, you know, and look at what they're trying to tell you with their bodies, you can sure. learn a lot. Mm. And uh, how how has the whole COVID pandemic been for you guys? I mean. Everyone is subjected to adapt and there's home office and homeschool, distance mm-hmm. learning. How has that been for Loazi? So there's been really, there've been some upsides of the pandemic mm-hmm. um, and some downsides. I think initially I was like, oh, because then he couldn't get a lot of his one-on-one therapy, mm-hmm. which I worried about initially. So um, I was like, he's going to get behavioral therapy he's not going to get music therapy. He was already not going to get speech because he wasn't going to go to school. And then what was going to happen to OT? So that's occupational therapy. So those yeah. were his four based therapies. But, but there were like some really up, some upsides that came out of it. So from Loazi not going to school, what actually happened indirectly is that his anxiety levels came down a lot. I didn't actually realize how mm. much school situation, even though he goes to special school, small classes, you know, all of that was anxiety causing. So because him, a lot for him. Mm. Yes. And him being at home, I mean, home is a environment that he knows and it's an environment where he can regulate himself much easier than a school environment yeah. because there's so much of unknown and change in the school environment. So with the anxiety coming down, his speech started to really do well. So he started mm. to talk more. So all, a lot of the gains that I've discussed <coughs> only just came about during the COVID time. 
yeah like literally like just during covid he started to be uh, he started to pick up on a lot more social nuances um also learning one on one um yeah it's actually better for him it's better for him he's learning so yeah. as i said like at his school they really focused on life skills they didn't focus on scholastic performance which i understand but since covid he's actually picked up on both so his life skills are better but so is his, like he's he's actually got like performance now yeah. there's stuff he can do that he couldn't do before of course it is quite stressful having to do the one on one but i'm blessed that i have an amazing helper who just has a gift for this so she does a lot of that thank goodness because i'm not sure how i would cope mm. so she does a lot of it and i do just like supervision and helping out so for us i think as a whole covid's really been a blessing for wazi because yeah. he's really got to um he's really just got to be at home and he's enjoyed that and an upside i know each autistic child is different but he loves the cloth mask because he's so sensitive <laughs> so like his body wants to feel tight things around him mm. and so he loves having his mask on and i've actually found that he's like he's actually helped him to be less sensory seeking because he loves to just put on his mask and it actually just like helps him calm down. Yeah. So that just been like a upside. Of course now with things well this new normal code and code there are some of the therapies that he started to like uh integrate again but the majority of the work is done at home and I, I definitely think he is a happier and much more well-rounded and developed child um at home. Yeah. Mm. So, so it's been good actually. There's been a lot of good things that have was a blessing in disguise. A big <laughs> blessing for us. Yeah, it's nice to hear a positive story about COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what what before we leave what advice do you have for everyone who's listening on being aware about autism and just to other parents on coping with um with autism and any small tips that you've maybe discovered on your journey that you want to share? Yeah, so I can definitely tell you that being an autistic a parent of an autistic child when you are new new neurotypical which is like what most people call normal but actually neurotypical is the is the more aware word mm-hmm. um is that it's very challenging and they, that a lot of times we actually feel very alone and isolated because our children are different. Mm-hmm. And so like um making that extra effort to um to be to have inclusive environments where our children are welcome. I know it's not always easy, mm. but I do think it's important because um right now like 1 in 60 children on average in the world is being diagnosed with autism. So it's a life skill that both sides need in order to engage with each other. So yeah. I think inclusion is huge like it's really um it's hard to feel isolated because your child is different um so yeah we want to be included and and yeah um so i think that's really really important yeah. um yeah and also just think up i i would say think about autistic people as people i think that's yeah. the biggest um thing that a lot of people just they don't have an understanding and so it's easy for us to dismiss what we don't understand but lean in closer uh, if you see a child that's behaving differently um 
find out more. Like most of the time, the parents are actually quite open to telling you, oh, my child's autistic mm. or they're behaving differently because of this. And also inform your children um, so that they know when they're dealing with um, with that with the different child i mean i do it myself i take it upon myself if a child asks why is your son acting differently or why and then i mm. explain but i mean sometimes like parents can be helpful so um that's probably what i would say and, and probably to um yeah to autistic parents because I, I my advice to them would be to let their child be their teacher and let their child lead because um, yeah. i think um we live in a neurodiverse society so all our points of reference are around neurodiversity and all these standards that are put up around how neurodiverse people should behave but when you've got a child that fits a different mold then i think you can let those standards rest and you can have more realistic and more realistic standards that yeah. ensure that your child blossoms and in that way i mean there are lots of things that autistic kids can do I'll say better than mm. neurotypical kids and lots of things they do worse and you need to like I think as a parent it's important to be able to tap into your child's strengths and that's only really when you reset what the standard is yeah so that's kind of yeah I hope I make sense I spoke a lot but no, that's kind no, of my what my biggest insights from my journey and mm. ask other parents like make other parents like your reference point i mean i i have i'm part of an autism support group but also i'm part of like for emotional support and then i'm part of another one for medical support and i'm part of another one for schooling yeah. like like I, different, I, I, yes. different information yes yeah. yes and I, i've learned so much from other mm. people's journeys biomedical research uh, ways of teaching like just so much uh, integrative mm. medicine like a lot from just like parents yeah yeah and do your own research also as a parent do your that's own true yeah. and i Only like the point where you said teach your kids because then i mean kids in school are so mean and if kids also understand why mm. someone is acting a different way they can also learn from a young age how to read body language Mm. And it's it's valuable when they're now adults as well because when they meet such people they know okay I'm not going to not going to necessarily expect speech but let me read the body mm. and understand what this person is trying to say to me. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Exactly. Elsie, thank you so much for being with us today. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for yeah, for the platform to share a little well the little bit that I know about autism. Yeah. No, we really appreciate it. And happy autism awareness month to you and Loazi and please send Loazi our love. I will, I'll definitely do that. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you so much guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that very informative chat that I just had with Elsie on all things autism awareness. The track at the beginning is Mdana by DJ Mix featuring Cassandra and I'm leaving you guys with a quote that says nonverbal doesn't mean I have nothing to say. It means you just have to listen to me with more than just your ears. Next up is Ndojwandiri by Tammy Moyo. Stay blessed. Have a lovely weekend. From your bean with the biggest love. Tichi zonga era, and the shit that we're walking in. 
Tichi Tenera in the same place Chilling with people with two faced Letting them take over my space Letting them run over my race yeah, my race Oh no essence is telling you what to do and who you are So you tell them straight on Mama raise me right now Otherwise not Do Jandi Jandi Try to break you so that you just lose, lose. Devils are liars, just dash on them skirt, skirt, skirt. You know that you can't be anything You can live your dreams and fantasy No, 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 how is it easy But you shouldn't give it until you have everything I am a living testimony I used to think I'm disagreeing Nobody can love you if you don't love yourself So tell them those Yeah Disaster, baby, no 